Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to today's guest speaker, Chris Dew, for this week's message. What's up, Vineyard Church? It's Chris Dew here, and I'm so excited uh, that you guys are here with us. Uh, at all the hundred or so places all across Wheeling and uh, the Valley and in homes and on podcasts and everything, we're so excited uh, that you're here with us. And I'm going to pray to open up, uh, and then we'll hop into the message. Heavenly Father, we love you. Uh, we are here for you. And I just pray for all the people listening my voice right now, uh, that you will meet them right where they're at. And all the storms of life that we all have going on right now uh, and all over the world, I just pray that you would speak a calmness uh, just over us and our hearts, uh, that we would experience your kingdom calm. Holy Spirit, I invite you to speak through me right now. Change our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many people have ever ridden the teacups before? Who's ever ridden the teacups? I hate the teacups. I think those are going to be in hell. To be very, I really do, along with cats. I'm I'm just kidding. Kind of. Um, Uh, But I hate the teacups uh, for a lot of reasons, Uh, but mainly in particular happened when I was 12 years old. I had a crush on a girl, um, and like I was awkward, had the speech impediment thing going on. I couldn't really talk to her a whole lot, and I'd always kind of like, I kind of, hi, how are you? And I'd always act so weird around her at school and stuff because I was awkward, had a crush. But I was at a carnival one time hanging out with all my boys and we're having so much fun eating hot dogs and funnel cakes and all kinds of different things and we're having the time of our life and then up walks Carrie. And I was like, y'all, this is my chance. You know what I mean? I'm gonna impress this girl. I'm gonna hold her hand maybe. I'm gonna make her bay. Like this, this is this is my shot right now. And I was so excited and everything's going fine. I'm kind of acting awkward still and just, oh, I hope I don't say anything weird. And everything's going kind of fine though until somebody had the worst idea in the history of the universe. And they said, we should ride these horrible things called the teacups. Here's my thought process, though, at this point. Every other time I'd ridden those horrible, demonic things called the teacups, I had projectile vomited all over everyone. (laughs) Yet here's my thought process. I'm 12 years old now. I'm a big dog, right? I'm in the sixth grade. This time, I will not throw up on the teacups. And I hop on the ride, so excited, like, I'm going to impress this girl. You know what I mean? This, this is my chance. I get on. And if you don't know where the teacups are, it's this huge ride that spins as fast as humanly possible at light speed, going this way as fast as possible. And then there's a small group of you in a smaller little teacup thing, and you spin it as fast as you want to. And as a 12-year-old, 
all of my friends are spinning that thing as hard as possible, right? I'm trying to hold it in place because I'm trying to go slower, but everyone else is spinning it as hard as they can. And we get on this ride and we start spinning. And approximately 20 seconds in, I can feel the hot dogs (laughs) and the funnel cakes and the chili and everything else start to come up. Except I'm, I'm 12 years old, have a crush on a girl who's on the ride with me. I did what any 12 year old would do. I swallowed that mug. It hit the back of my throat. I said, nah, swallowed it. We're fine. Close call, right? Hearts pounding out of my chest at this point. I can't throw up. I can't throw up. I can't throw up. I swallowed it. Approximately eight seconds later, it comes up again. Except this time, it does not stay in the back of my throat. It fills my entire mouth. I have hot dog chunks leaking out of my mouth. And I could not hold it in anymore. And I literally puked all over everything. Except the worst part is there was another three minutes of the ride. And I have pukes rolling around our feet, you know what I mean? It's, it's everywhere, and I'm still spinning all kinds of different ways because you're spinning this way, and the little thing's spinning. And if we're honest, I think that's how we kind of feel right now in our world. I think that's kind of how we feel in our world right now. I mean, I feel like our world right now is spinning 300 bazillion miles an hour. And there's all this chaos happening out there in our world. There's COVID stuff going on. There's uh, the president stuff, the election, all the political division and, and all the conspiracy theories and the political ideologies that are flowing around. And we don't know which way is up sometimes. There's all kinds of hurricanes and earthquakes and storms happening all over the place. And as we look around at our world, I feel like that's how we feel. That our world is spinning and we don't know what to do. There's addicts everywhere, there's heroin addiction, there's, there's homelessness. There's social upheaval going on right now. There's racism. There's all kinds of stuff swirling around. And that's kind of like what's happening on that teacup ride where the whole ride is spinning this way, except to make it worse, it's not just the whole ride is spinning. It's also that small little thing where we're spinning it ourselves sometimes and we feel like it's spinning as well, our personal storms in our lives. There's all kinds of things going on in our personal lives, and I don't know everyone's story, but here's what I do know is that you're not alone, is that we all have personal storms. And if we're honest, we feel like me on that teacup ride. I've already thrown up three times, and we're spinning this way, and we're spinning this way, And I'm trying to impress people and come to church and say, oh, like, praise God, brother, I'm good. How you doing? We're good. We're all good. Trying to keep a straight face how I was on this ride. But if we're honest, all of us are in a storm. 
Here's the question I'm going to try to answer this evening through the scripture. Is what do we do when life seems like we're in that type of storm? How do we act as people, as Christians, when we feel like our world is spinning every single direction? If you have a Bible, let's flip over to the book of Mark. Uh, Chapter 4 is where we're going to be. And I'm going to read it out loud to us and then we'll jump into the message. Here's what it says, starting in verse 35. It says, On that day, when evening had come, he, speaking of Jesus, said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And he left the crowd and they took him with them in the boat as he was. And here's what it says, a great windstorm arose and the waves all are breaking into the boat. I know that the boat was already filling with water, but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. I love Jesus. You know what I mean? Like they hop in the boat, right? He's got his closest followers and they're doing great ministry. They hop in the boat and he goes to sleep in the stern of the boat, And there's this storm brewing, this hurricane, and I love how the Bible says he's in the stern, he's asleep on the cushion there. I just love how they throw it on the cushion in the Bible. I love the details there. And then it says this, and they woke him and they claimed him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and spoke to the wind, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And I'll be honest with you guys, that's my prayer uh, here, and also in all the locations, is that we would experience a great calm this evening that comes from the Holy Spirit. And there was this great calm, and he spoke to them, and he said, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? says that they were filled with great fear and spoke to one another, who then is this man that even the wind and the sea obey him? I love this passage of scripture because you get a a small little glimpse into Jesus' life. That he's over, he's crushing it in ministry at this point, right? He's, he's healing people. He, I mean, he's, he's speaking all these parables. Like he's got all these crowds that are coming to hear him. He's got small groups of people he's personally discipling. He's crushing it in ministry. And with all that great stuff going on, he calls his closest followers and he says, hey, let's leave all that great ministry and let's go over here to the other side. And I love the context of this, right? Because he's going over there to meet one man. And it's a person that has a bunch of uh, demonic stuff happening. He's cutting himself. He's, he's, he's homeless. He's, 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 a, he's a wild one. Um, and I love Jesus because he says, hey, let's leave this fruitful ministry that we're doing over here. And let's go to reach this one man. And after they have that encounter with the one man, they hop in the boat of the again and head back, except on the way, they experience this great storm. 
There's three points in this text I want to pull out, all aiming at the point. How do we experience kingdom calm in the chaos of our world? How do we experience kingdom calm, the peace that surpasses all understanding amidst the craziness of our world? Here's point number one, is that Jesus ain't worried. Jesus isn't worried. Jesus isn't worried. Vineyard Church, I want to encourage you. Jesus isn't worried. Do you have that friend? I have friends like this, right, that I call and I'm angry at something. And all I want for them to do is to help me to be angry. Right? I want them to get angry with me. I'm like, I can't believe that lady at the rental car counter, she did, did, I love to call people and I love when they like also get angry with me, right? They're like, oh, I can't believe her, blah, 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 right? And we can just kind of help each other experience that anxiety or that anger, except I don't like the friend who I call and I'm upset about something and they're like, "Mm, not a big deal. I want you to get angry with me, right? I want you to tell me my feelings are justified. I want you to join in the anxiety with me that I'm experiencing, except we all have those friends that are just like, hmm, no, I mean, you know, I don't think it's a big deal. And I think this is kind of like what's happening in this story right here is that Jesus is asleep in the stern and it says there's a massive storm happening right here. And the scripture actually points to the fact that it's not just a normal storm, it's like a hurricane-like storm. They're in a small little boat and there's massive waves and it's like hurricane, the wind is swirling, it's going everywhere and they realize we are powerless over the storm. And I think it's helpful sometimes for us to have that realization as well that we're powerless over the storms of our life sometimes. And I think in our world it kind of feels like this right now. It's no ordinary storm. It's swirling in the global context. And then in our personal lives we got storms that are swirling the other way. And I love Jesus' response It has his closest friends and followers are freaking out and all anxious and, oh, I can't believe what's happening with this and what's happening with that. He's asleep in the stern. Jesus isn't worried. He's at rest as we're freaking out. He cares, but he's not worried. Jesus cares, but... He isn't worried. As a little kid, um, I absolutely loved going to the swimming pool with my dad. Um, and we'd go to the pool, and I'd jump off the high dive as a little boy, um, and I'd always be really nervous, right? My heart would be racing as I kind of walked up there slowly, and I got on the edge, and he's in the water down there to catch me. And I remember finally after a few minutes of the lifeguard saying, okay, go, you've been up here 12 minutes, jump in the water. I'd finally jump, and I'd land in the water, and I'd come up, and I remember paddling as hard as I could. You know what I mean? My eyes would get so wide, and I'd be so scared that I was about to go underwater. And I remember my dad was always in front of me. He was a few feet away. 
Uh, and as I got closer, he'd back up. You know, and I'm like, no, no, don't back up. I'm getting, this is the whole point, I'm swimming to you. But I remember my eyes would be so big and I'd be freaking out and he'd always have this smile on his face. I was a peaceful countenance. Because in that moment, all I knew was, here's water, I'm five years old, three years old, whatever I was, and I know that I'm powerless over this. I won't be able to keep myself above water for very long. But my dad knew something that I didn't know. He knew that he was right there to grab me. He knew that there was no way I was going to go under the water. Yes, I may be powerless over my storm. You may be powerless over your storm. But the reality of it is that there is someone who is not worried. Jesus' countenance towards us is not in freak out mode. His countenance is one of peace. He's right there. And I was, I was just kind of hanging out here and the band was playing a few minutes ago and I really felt like uh, there's a profound thing here that I didn't really realize, but the fact that Jesus is even in the boat, he's in the storm with you. He has not left you on your own. Jesus is here with you. But as we look at the scriptures, um, I think it's helpful to point out that there are some storms in the Bible that people caused. As you flip into the Old Testament and you look at the story of Jonah, uh, that he had a call from God. He needed to go preach to these people. He said, no, God, I'm good. I'm going to go do my own thing. He ran away from God and there was a storm. So, yes, there are storms sometimes that are self-inflicted. And absolutely, the action step for that is you need to repent and turn to Jesus again. To hear what he's saying and go back his way. Except in this text, I've looked at all the versions of this in Matthew and Mark and Luke. And I've looked and see what the disciples did wrong to get themselves in the storm and there is nothing. It's not the disciples' fault, but here in this text that Jesus has a plan for their storm. He wanted to open their eyes in order that they could tell who he was. Jesus isn't worried, and the reason why is point number two is this, that Jesus is more powerful than we think. He's not worried, and the reason why he's not worried is because he's more powerful than we think. Had some friends one time that we were going to work out um, and they wanted to take this stuff called pre-workout. Who has tried pre-workout before? All right, like two people. You got to get in the gym. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but we were headed to, uh, to the gym and, and they're like, hey, you want to try some pre-workout? And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll give it a try. You know, I'm, I'm here to pump. I'm here to get big. I'm here to get swole. <laughs> uh, and I took the pre-workout and they said it's really not all that powerful like you'll just take a little bit of it and it'll be fine you'll sweat a little bit more and it'll be good I took this pre-workout and I'm telling you my skin started crawling heart started racing out of my like I, I was in freak out mode it was like I took a hit of a crack rock I know most of y'all don't know that experience but some of y'all do and I remember thinking, this is way more powerful than I thought. 
Right? I had in my mind that it was just going to help me out a little bit, but then my eyes were open to the fact that this is way more powerful than I thought. And I think that's kind of like what's happening in this story with Jesus is that his closest followers have been following him around, but they did not know his full identity at this point. Right, they're like, he's a good teacher. He tells some good stories. He's kind of funny sometimes. He's healing some people. This is awesome. And they start following Jesus, and they're kind of like, we don't exactly know what's going on or who this guy is. But in this situation, it opened their eyes to the fact that Jesus was way more powerful than they thought. Up until this point, he had healed some people, he had taught some things, he had done some miracles, except in this situation, he showed that he had authority over creation. Here in this story, Jesus showed his closest followers that he literally has authority over the wind and the waves. Here in this story, up to this point, they think he's cool, he's a good teacher, it's kind of like some little pre-workout, it's fine, but in this situation, they realize this man is more than we think. And now we know in hindsight that he's the second person of the Trinity, that Jesus is not just a teacher or a, you know, he's a healer and doing some things, but rather Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. He is God Almighty in the flesh. He has control over creation. And I think oftentimes that Jesus will let us go through a storm in order that we have a fresh revelation of who he, who he is. There's times I think in our culture, especially just here in America, where we think, all right, I go to church on Sunday and Jesus is kind of a cool guy, like he helps me live my life a little bit better, I read the Bible, but sometimes I think we need to wake up and realize he's really king, that Jesus is really sovereign over the universe, that Jesus is not just a good teacher, has some good things to say, but he's actually God, and I love here in this text that it says their eyes were open and they were actually scared of him. Actually, in this story, I'm talking about having a kingdom calm, but really they didn't have a kingdom calm at the end of this story. Because they were freaking out about the wind and the waves and, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We're going to drown. They finally wake Jesus up and then at the end of the text, it says they were scared of him because he calmed the wind and the waves. They're like, ah! You know, he can see, he just calmed the wind and the waves. We are powerless over the storm vineyard, except we know someone is with us who is not powerless over the storm. He is sovereign over everything. And therefore we can trust him and we can run to him vineyard. I want you to know that in your storm, you're not in it alone, but you can run to someone who has all authority and all power. His name is Jesus. <laughs> this is how we have a kingdom calm in the midst of chaos is we've got to know that Jesus isn't worried and that Jesus is more powerful than we think. And here's point number three, lastly, Jesus cares for you. Jesus cares for 
you. And I think it's easy to think in our world today as Christians who attend church, and you understand the scripture that Jesus is God, he's fully man, fully God, you know, all those things, right? We have that head knowledge that he is love. We have that head knowledge that he cares for the world, except oftentimes on a practical level, like we don't think that applies uh, to us personally. Yeah, he's sovereign. Yeah, he's Lord. Yeah, he cares about the world, but he doesn't care about me. And I just want to tell you, that's not true. Jesus cares about you personally. It says in the Bible, every hair on your head is numbered. He knows you. He formed you in your mother's womb. The God of the universe cares for you. And I love this verse in 1 Peter chapter 5. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. In this storm vineyard, crazy chaos of the world and the storm and the wind and the waves of your personal life, you can cast all of that on Jesus because he cares for you. If you're here, um, you're listening to this right now and that you're having issues financially. He cares for you. If you're here and you're listening and you're like, man, I'm having all kinds of anxiety and kind of relational problems going on. He cares for you. If you have problems with addiction right now, or even that you don't have a place to live, he cares for you. You're not invisible to him. He cares for you. We are in a storm. He's not worried. He's more powerful than we think. And he cares for every single one of us. But I think as we look at all these traits of Jesus and uh, just this crazy story in particular about he's sovereign, he's all-powerful, he's the king of kings and all these things, the question really begs to be asked, and then how did the story end? Because, you know, we know that he, he's claiming he's God, that he has control over the wind and the waves, but if he's all that powerful, why did he end up on a cross hanging there? And he was asked this question a lot during his ministry and his life, that he'd heal people, and he would control things. He claimed he was God, claimed he was the Christ, the Messiah, and then he ends up being arrested, and all the guards are asking him, hey, if you're really who you say you are, then, like, call down angels and free yourself. He's hanging on the cross, and all of the, uh, the people are coming by and kind of screaming at him and mocking him and reviling him. Like, he claimed he could save others, but he can't save himself. If he's really all that powerful, why did the story turn out the way it did with Jesus arrested, spit on, whipped, and eventually crucified on a criminal's cross? See, here's the thing. When he showed up on the scene, everyone thought he was a political messiah. They're thinking, man, this guy's going to take charge. He's going to have an army, 
He's going to be elected into power. Like they're going to take back Israel and he's going to restore power there. And his kingdom is going to come on earth right now. That's what a lot of people thought he was doing. But then as he went along, he had this upside down kingdom type of thing that he did. Because here in his day and also in our day, people, how they get power is they climb the ladder, right? And they take power by force and they, they do all these things. But Jesus handled it in a totally different way. He said, actually, how you become great is you serve. How you get exalted is you humble yourself. Who actually is great in the kingdom are little children. And Jesus was ushering in his kingdom, except he was doing it in a way that people did not expect. And ultimately, this ended with him crowned on a cross, spit on and beat bloody with a crown of thorns on his head. And above him written there was Jesus, the king of the Jews. Here's the thing I want us to really get our minds around is how Jesus works sometimes looks totally different than we expect. How Jesus works, how he brings his kingdom to earth is sometimes in a way that's a little upside down from the power structures and stuff that we see in our day. How Jesus ushers in his kingdom is in an upside down type of way. I mean, Obviously, after he was crucified, he was put in the tomb, and I'm sure the disciples were in a storm in that moment. They're like, we've been following this guy for three years. He calmed the wind and the waves. He healed the demoniac. He's doing all these things. And, but it was all a sham because he ended up crucified on a criminal's cross, but you know the end of the story. On the third day, Jesus Christ literally rose from the dead, conquering sin and death and everything. He hung out for 40 days, teaching them about the kingdom of God. He ascended into heaven, and he is now seated at the right hand of God. And he promises, though, one day he's going to come back. And when he comes back, his kingdom will be set up on earth, and he will come with an iron fist then. But how his kingdom comes now is through humility. How his kingdom comes now is through servanthood. And I just want to be blunt. Our hope is not in a president or in America. Our hope is in the king of kings and the Lord of lords. His kingdom. Come on, we can cheer for King Jesus. His kingdom comes in a way we don't expect sometimes. But our hope is in him. We are in a storm. Culturally and in our personal lives, COVID and all the rest. And Jesus is not worried. He's more powerful than we think. And he cares for you. But sometimes it comes in a package that we didn't expect. Oftentimes it comes in an upside down type of way. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would bring a great calm. That as we're freaking out, as the disciples were in the storm, in the boat, oh man, that we would get a picture, a Holy Spirit vision of you asleep in the stern, on the cushion. That you're not worried and that you're more powerful than we think. Open our eyes right now to how massive you are, how in control you are, and help us trust you and run to you in every season and trust that oftentimes your kingdom doesn't come how we expect, except we can trust that you are in control. With all heads down and eyes closed and all the houses and watching online and here, If you're here and you're a Christian and you know that Jesus is in your boat except you know that you've been freaking out a little bit like the disciples, his words he spoke to them are just as relevant right now. You of little faith, why are you afraid? He cares, but he's not worried. Right now in this moment, if that's you, man, I just want you to replace your trust in him as the king of kings and the lord of lords and run to him with your anxieties he loves you but if you're here you're listening to this and you're like man there's a storm and i'm freaking out except i don't know who this jesus character is he's not in my boat and you're freaking out, you should be. But here's the thing, that Jesus wants to come in your boat. He wants to come in your boat. There's a scripture in Romans chapter 10 that says this, but if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I think that phrase right there, Jesus is Lord, uh, that we throw that around sometimes in our culture. We're like, oh, yeah, Jesus is Lord and Savior, and then, you know, that's, that's kind of it. It's just kind of a phrase we throw around. But that word, um, thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, had a lot of weight to it. Uh, that Christians were actually killed because of that phrase, Jesus is Lord, because they were proclaiming uh, that he is Lord, which means the ruler of their country is not their Lord. And ultimately, I want to encourage you that if you're here and you um, aren't a Christian listening, that you would make Jesus Lord of your life. And that just means that you would turn from your old life, place your faith in Jesus and say, Jesus, you are now my king. You are my ruler. You are my Lord. And he will gladly hop in your boat and he will speak a kingdom calm over your life. If that's you, um, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you, it's your faith that's through his grace that saves you. You can pray something like this. Heavenly Father, I need you to save me. I need you to get into my boat. I know I'm a sinner And I know I can't save myself. I'm powerless 
over the storm. But I believe that you can. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the grave. I repent of my sin and I place my faith in you, King Jesus. You are now Lord and leader of my life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Hey, I'm gonna close with this. Uh, Everyone can look up again and we can talk for a second. But as Christians, I know as we look around at our world, we talked about how there's a storm going on and we have Jesus in, in our boat ultimately, but there's a lot of people that don't. There's a lot of people that are freaking out and there's chaos going around. And what if rather than just joining in in their chaos with them and joining in in all the anxieties, what if we were a picture of the kingdom and just had a kingdom calm and everyone else freaking out, running around, but we would look a lot more like Jesus, asleep on the cushion. We can care, but ultimately we don't have to be worried because Jesus isn't worried. Let's keep calm and kingdom on. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.